Hey everybody, it's Matt. Welcome or welcome back to the Journey Church Podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you can automatically get our weekly episodes. And you might want to go ahead and subscribe to our Journey YouTube channel as well. You'll find messages, music, interviews, inspiring stories, and more for you all right there. Now, I hope this episode helps you take your next step in following Jesus. Hey there, great to have you watching from wherever you are. I am here in the suite, which is an environment of space we create in our new facility at the Four Center to welcome all the first time guests, to have some great conversations, to answer people's questions about our church. We can't wait to meet you. We can't wait to experience these conversations right here. And most importantly, we can't wait to open up the Four Center for our first public service as Journey Church. And I have some great news for you. We are opening up on Sunday, February the 27th. It is almost here. So we want you to mark your calendars. We want you to be here with us. It is gonna be an extraordinary day as we get to welcome you home to our first permanent facility. And the most important thing you can do for that day is invite your family and your friends who aren't in church. Invite them to come with you. I'm telling you, they are going to love it. It's going to be an extraordinary experience, and for some of the people you invite, it'll be a life-changing experience as well. So February 27th, right here. Now, today we're continuing our series called Winning, and you know nobody ever wins without first losing. That's part of it, isn't it? But what separates winners from losers is that winners actually learn from their losses. So what do you do when you mess up in 2022? How are you going to deal with that? Well, I want to give you a suggestion. I want to show you how in this edition of Journey at Home. You know, whether you're a Christian or not, a church person or not, one of the things that we share in common is we'd all like to win in life. I mean, everybody wants to. The problem we all share is we're not sure what winning looks like. And it is impossible to win if you don't know the win. You need to clarify the win for your relationships and your money and your marriage, your parenting, your professional life, you know, all those areas that really matter to you. If you don't know what the finish line looks like, you're going to end up running right by it and you're going to exhaust yourself in the process. So throughout this series, we've talked about how to clarify what it means to win in the most important areas of life. And then we've discovered some fundamental exercises you can practice this year to help you win. And today, I want to share one more fundamental with you. It's what to do when you lose. Because nobody wins all the time, do they? If you're serious about winning in life, you're going to have moments when you mess up. And it's what you do when you lose that will determine whether or not you ultimately win. Winners in any area of life will tell you that you can't learn from losses if you don't own your part of the problem. And there's actually a word for this in Scripture. We call it confession. Now, if you have a Catholic background, when I say confession, you may think about the sacrament of penance because, well, you were taught the way to get rid of your sin after you were baptized is you go, you confess to a priest, right? He absolves you of all your sin, and you're all good then. Now, if you have a Protestant background like I do, When you hear confession, you think something a little different. You think about the routine maybe of laying in your bed at night, getting on your knees if you're really serious, and going, okay, God, forgive me for all my sins. And then you were taught that when you do that, when you pray that simple prayer, well, God forgives you for all your sin, and wait for it, he forgets about all those sins too. So you can just take your sin bucket back out the next day, fill it back up again, go through the same routine, 
God can't even remember what you did yesterday, right? Every religious system has a way of trying to outsmart God when it comes to confession. But here's the problem with doing that. Trying to outsmart God, well, that's a sin. It's called pride. So trying to find a loophole to work around God is actually dishonoring to God. And, well, there you go. You sinned again. So if you're Catholic, let me talk to you first. You should probably know that the whole penance thing, that didn't begin until about 600 years after Jesus, 600 A.D. It's actually not a Bible thing. It's nowhere in Scripture. But when it began, it began as a good thing. It began as a repentance thing. And repentance is worse than penance. Okay? Repentance means I don't plan on doing that thing again. Penance means I just need some forgiveness for now. So in the old days, you could only confess a sin to a priest one time. Imagine that. And then you weren't expected to do that sin anymore. Well, let's be honest, that's too hard. So it became a lot easier just to pay penance, get forgiveness, not worry about changing. Now, for all of you Protestants who are feeling good about yourself right now because you don't go through that routine, hold up just a minute because that whole God forgives and forgets your sin, well, that isn't in the Bible either. That's not true. The scriptures don't teach that anywhere. Sure, God forgives you, but he doesn't forget. I mean, good grief, that doesn't even make sense. Do you think God doesn't remember the story of David and Bathsheba? I mean, if God forgot our sins, he couldn't even look at his own scriptures because they're full of stories of sin. I mean, come on. We really don't think God's that dumb, do we? No. God remembers all of our sin, which makes the depth of his love and forgiveness towards us even greater. Now, here's my point in all this. Somewhere along the way, we all came to believe that the point of confessing is to relieve our guilt. That's really why we're trying to do it. It became a selfish act. I feel bad or I'm worried that God's mad at me, so I want to pray a prayer, then everything's going to be good and I've got a clear conscience. It's like a magic pill that erases the problem. But this is my point. That is not true confession. You can't find that anywhere in Scripture. What you do find is that genuine confession serves as a first step towards repentance and reconciliation. Now, repentance means I'm changing my life. I don't plan on doing this over and over and over again. Reconciliation means I realize my sin hurt you, so I'm going to do everything I can to make things right with you to the best of my ability. Real confession actually doesn't end with God. It ends with a person that we sinned against. Genuine confession results in genuine change. Matter of fact, you don't find confession ever taught in the scriptures as something that's just between you and God. Confession is primarily between you and the person that you hurt or you wronged so that the relationship can be reconciled. I'll give you an example. So one day Jesus is traveling through Jericho. He's on his way to Jerusalem. As he walks by, he meets a guy named Zacchaeus who's so short, he's climbed up in a sycamore tree so he can catch a glimpse of Jesus over the crowd, okay? Now Zacchaeus was a tax collector which in those days, man, he cheated a lot of people out of a lot of money, and he'd become filthy rich in the process. So you can imagine, nobody could do anything about it because he had the protection of Rome, but nobody liked Zacchaeus. So everybody's surprised when Jesus looks up at Zacchaeus in that tree and he goes, hey, I want to go to your house for lunch today. And off they went. And apparently the conversation at lunch led to some serious ownership of what Zacchaeus had been doing because as lunch ends, Zacchaeus looks at Jesus and he says, Look, Lord, here and now I'm going to give half of my possessions to the poor. If I've cheated anybody out of anything, I'll pay back four times the amount. Good grief, what happened to Zacchaeus? Why the sudden 180? Well, I'll tell you why. Because when you genuinely own what you've done, 
You don't want to stop with making things right with God. You want to make things right with the people that you've hurt, too. You don't stop with a private conversation between you and Jesus. You offer restitution to all the people you've hurt by your sinful actions. Well, Jesus hears what Zacchaeus says, and he looks back at Zacchaeus. He says, whoa, 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 Zacchaeus, wait a minute. You, no need to get carried away by that. You, you just told me you were sorry. You're good. You, don't worry about giving that money back. No, no, no. Of course Jesus didn't say that. You know what he said? He said, today salvation has come to this house because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. In other words, Zacchaeus, you responded the way true confession should respond. See, if Zacchaeus is willing to go to all the trouble of giving everybody back what he stole from them, if he's willing to pay back four times what he cheated them out of, then think about it. Guess what Zacchaeus isn't going to do anymore? He's not going to steal from them anymore. No, it's going to cost too much. That is the power of true repentance. Genuine confession always leads to genuine change. Now, James, the half-brother of Jesus, instructed us to confess this way, too. In his letter, he said, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. In other words, if you want to change, then own up and fess up when you mess up. Don't try to hide what you've done. Just tell God. No, no, no. You need to confess to the people that you hurt. You may need to confess to some trusted friends who can hold you accountable so you won't do it again. Because secrets... They're a lot like splinters. The longer they're there, the worse they get. Freedom is found when you drag your dirt into the light and you deal with it. That's how you find healing. So you can't win in life if you aren't a great confessor. You've got to own your mess. You've got to learn from your losses. Or you're going to be doomed to repeat them over and over and over again. Matter of fact, there is a word for people who keep committing the same sin over and over and then keep telling God, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but they never change. And you're not going to like this word, so let me frame it this way, okay? Imagine that you own a restaurant and I work for you. And you start noticing every day there's $200, $250, $300 missing. And finally, you discover that I'm the one who's been stealing it. But when you confront me about it, here's how I respond. Imagine if I look back at you and said, hey, listen, listen, I know you're upset, but I am a Christian. I know I shouldn't steal. I felt terrible about this, so here's what I've done. Every night after I've stolen from you, I've gone home, I've asked God to forgive me, and he has. So everything's okay. You can't be mad at me anymore. What would you say to me? No, no, not that. You know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't look back and say, we're all good. No, you know what you would call me? You could, well, not that word. That's a curse word. You shouldn't curse at me. The other word, you would call me a hypocrite, wouldn't you? And you would be right because I'm just playing a game. If I was really remorseful for stealing, I'd have stopped doing it, wouldn't I? If I really wanted to change, I'd have brought back all the money I stole. Listen, if you've got some sinful habit in your life and you keep feeling guilty about it, so then you ask God to forgive you every time you do it, but then you do it again and again and again, and you hurt people again and again and again, listen, you just need to stop fooling yourself because God's not fooled. You're just playing a game. You're a, yeah, a hypocrite. Because genuine confession leads to genuine change. And if you're thinking, well, Matt, I, I do have this little game going over here, but I'm not actually wanting to change. That's why I do this. You know, I want to keep my secret. I want to keep this fling, this thing going on the side. Well, I want to encourage you to do something. I think it may be the most honest thing you do. So every time you do that thing that you know you shouldn't do, but you don't care, and you're just going to kind of blow it off, say, God, forgive me, and move on. Instead, I want you to do this. I want you to pray, God, 
I did it again today, and I have no intention of stopping. Amen. I'm serious. Just pray that. Be that honest with yourself and that honest with God, because the worst place you can be is in this fantasy where you think you've found a loophole and you've got God fooled. At least be honest about what you're doing. But if you're sick and tired of continuing to make the same choices, continuing to hurt people the same way, well, confession's a pretty simple thing for you. You just tell the person that you've hurt. You acknowledge what you've done. You own it. If it's a habit that no one knows about, why don't you tell somebody who can help you break the habit? Tell the person you've robbed. Tell the person you've injured. Tell the person you've been insensitive to. Tell the person you're running around on. Tell your teacher, your professor. Tell your boss. Would you just confess? Would you just tell? Would you just own your mistake? Own your sin? Tell God, absolutely, that's awesome. But that's just step one. Step two is, you've got to tell the person you've taken something from, that you've hurt, that you've offended. And if there's not anybody that has been hurt or offended by what you've done, but you still know it's not the right thing, then tell somebody that you know that can help you break that debil debilitating habit that you just can't seem to shake. That is what genuine confession looks like. And genuine confession will lead to genuine life change. And here's the best news. If you will do that, your Heavenly Father will step in and He will help you change. He will. He is not finished with you. He hasn't written you off because of your hypocrisy. Listen, great news for you. Jesus died for all of your sins and all of that hypocrisy is wrecking you. He'll still forgive you and He'll free you from it all. But you have to be willing to have the humility to own your mess because grace, it only flows down to the humble. Now, some of you are sweating this right now because you actually fear the consequences of confessing. You're afraid of what's hap what'll happen if you tell the truth, if you come out, if you come clean. But let me tell you something. The consequences of concealing your sin, they are way greater than the consequences of confessing them. When you confess, there are consequences. But those consequences are immediate, and they're typically short-term, they're localized. It hurts, but that's pain that leads to progress. Listen, when you conceal, when you hide your sin, the consequences stretch out over a lifetime, and the impact is everybody around you. So, what do you need to confess, and who do you need to tell? If you've got a few losses you need to deal with, well then come clean, confess them, and not just to God. Confess them to the people that you've impacted. Repent and reconcile as best you can. Because genuine confession will lead to genuine change and put you back on track to winning again. Now, before I wrap up, I want to take a moment to remind you, because I think we all need this. I want to remind you that no matter what you've done, no matter who you've hurt, no matter how much damage you've caused, Jesus died to pay the penalty for all your sins. Your Heavenly Father isn't pursuing you because He's trying to pay you back for what you've done. He's pursuing you to win you back. He wants you to accept His forgiveness, to live in His grace as a son or a daughter of His. So if you have never experienced that forgiveness, if you need it, would you just accept it right now? Would you tell God, I need you, I want your forgiveness, here's my life. Help me be who you created me to be. Let me pray for you. Father, would you help us to First of all, understand your grace and the depth of your forgiveness for us. Thank you that you offer it freely, no matter how much hypocrisy, no matter how much sin, no matter how much pain we've created. 
And for those of us who need to confess and own things, give us the courage to do it. Give us the boldness to do it. Give us the humility to do it. So that we can be free of these things that tend to control us, often without us realizing it. Thank you for giving us the grace which is powerful enough to change us no matter what we're dealing with. Thank you for your love, no matter what we've done. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, if you'd like more content like this, subscribe to our YouTube channel and download our Journey app to access all of our recent message content. And our app is the easiest way to share this content with a friend. For more information on our church or to find our app or our YouTube channel, just visit journeycalway.com. That's journeycalway.com. Thanks for listening.